Hey, everybody, this is Larry the Cable Guy. Check this out. So I'm in my truck driving with my buddy, and we was heading up to the men's warehouse to fart in the suits, and he's listening to his phone. And I said, that sounds like Hermes Sadler. He said, it is Hermes Sadler. He's got a podcast called Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I said, Sadler and the Senator? He said, yeah, that's his good buddy, Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I said, well, what in the world? He didn't know this. I said, did you know that Hermie Sadler was voted one of the 50 best-looking drivers in NASCAR? He said, I did not know that. I said, because it ain't true. <laughs> you never know, though. He never takes off his helmet. But I know one thing. This show, Leaning Right, Turning Left, is good. So pull up a chair right there by your phone, get yourself a cold beer, and give a listen right here to this week's episode of Leaning Right, Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I'll tell you what, I bet Michael Waltrip's even listening. He's always wanted to do something like that. Oh, Sadler, got another one over on Waltrip. Get her done! I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm leaning right. And I'm former NASCAR driver Hermie Sadler, and I'm turning left, leaning right, and turning left is back with another edition powered by Pacematic. Hi, Hermie. Senator, how are you? Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Merry Christmas. All right. Now, this is part of the double double Merry Shepmoss or Merry Christmas. Merry Shepmoss. What is it? Shepmoss is back. Hi, Santa Moss. Jingle, jingle. Hello. <laughs> He's a regular again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And now we're, <clears throat> now, we're, now we're delivering what we promised after last uh, episode. This is part two of the... Mary Shetmoss episode where we're we're actually diving back into some of our best moments. Actually, two of our best some of moments. Our best moments. <laughs> They're not that many. So we so say that loosely. <laughs> it's only two. It was really easy to get back uh, and and find the best clips from this year. The the ones that made us laugh the most and actually got the most listens to most downloads. And so we appreciate our listeners that listen to to our podcast here, leaning right and turning left with Sadler and Center, powered by Pacematic. And as we get ready to end the year, we thought we'd look back into the vault and grab the things that made us laugh and also made a difference. And so uh, we grabbed the two funniest parts that we could find. Uh, and I know it's Christmas, but one of them is going to involve uh, our our just don't, porn just, episode. Just say it kind of, you know, porn impression. Yeah. And then the other one is when Shep Moss revealed to us his strike zone when he was an umpire. And these are some or funny lack clips. of a strike zone. Right. Well, it fluctuates. <laughs> the the uh, his his strike zone was like a garage Jeff, door. It you might want to make sure you got towards the head and down permission the to play that episode again because Ned he's got some free time on his hands. He might be going back to to umpire again. I might have to. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you still get in the sizzle stand? Oh, I can get in the sizzle stand. <laughs> so, in the box. So for those that have listened to us, you'll remember this these two clips we're going to play as part of our Christmas special. Uh, to remember what we did in a year in review here. Uh, but the first clip we're going to play, we've got two clips. One's the umpire clip. And again, it all focuses around you, Shep, doesn't it? And the other is when we're having a conversation about a piece of legislation that I had passed, I had written and passed, is that what protect it's? children from pornography on the internet. I'm keeping kids away from pornography. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I know it seems a little uncomfortable, you know, during the holidays, but this is important. When we're talking about kids, we're talking about protecting ourselves but you know we're we're of the older set we're of the gen gen x right yeah but here's gen x and and so we remember the world in a different light in a different world 
when things were more protective and even when we were at the age of 18, what we see now on the internet and on our phones and our kids can access, we're not so it's easily access, accessible uh, as they were to they as what they are now with our kids. But, but these also made us laugh. And we went through the library, the vault, and ladies and gentlemen, you can find this podcast on lrtl.com. That's our website. We have all of our, our we library there. We have a website, Chef. Wow. Chef. 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 Do we have and, the swag on there for sale? Um, we don't have any swag uh, for sale, but we can go there. But what we, what we do have is everything that we've recorded. We are now at, at uh, number 88. Uh, we're heading towards the end of the year. We've got 100 uh, we've done or that we're contracted to do. We've got about 12 more to do. We're going to go into the next year's General Assembly session. We're coming back next week. Um, but we wanted to reminisce a little bit about what we did this year and some of the fun that we had with you, Shep. Now that you're back on, almost regular, now that you have re-signed uh, with the town council, you've re-signed with Memory Makers, and you've re-signed with, um, with Boyd Chevrolet. I actually quit all of that. Well, no, I, we can't say the Q word because, of course, that upsets your mama, your wife. <laughs> And I don't want to get hurt. I haven't said a word. I, I see you're quiet as can be. Yeah, you but, see that, don't you? But let's let's talk about Mama Bear put me in my place. Don't you think though we need some some Mary Shepmas swag on the website? <laughs> Mary Shepmas, you want to put it together? Uh, we'll sell it. You know, you can't can you have some little, to make it. Oh no, oh, mistletoe. Shit. Can't you get Boyd Chevrolet? So you could have some little mistletoe lady panties or how about Otto Waxman? Does she work? Well, no, he can't do it either. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's so many things we could do with swag. Yeah, if you're still employed by one of the places that you were employed by. I know. I have. I mean, it's. But the first, the first clip coffer. we're going to play here uh, involved a very serious discussion. Um, I'd pass that bill, as I'd said earlier, that would protect children from the Internet. God, you pissed a lot of people oh, off. Oh, I did. I did. And we played. If you go back to that episode, we played some of the voicemails that I got at my office. From your of fan some club angry, members. Uh, 27, 28-year-olds that were obviously not going to have a good Saturday night because Pornhub, after I passed a piece of legislation, in the, and for those that may not have listened before, that legislation was to protect children, which said, right now on the internet, it's like the wild, wild west. Until now, in Virginia, um, You know, what we should have done for this particular episode hmm. doesn't make much sense now, but for Christmas, we should have talked about the Beagles. <laughs> But go ahead. Okay. But it's not as funny. <laughs> but anyway, I passed a piece of legislation, wrote it that said, if you're a porn website and you don't have a filter that keeps kids off of it and the kids watch it and they're harmed, then if they're harmed, they can sue you. And that's what scares those businesses the most. And so they pulled out of Virginia and they stopped uh, allowing- Mainly just Pornhub, though. Uh, Pornhub, Other sites porn, are some, still- Some of the foreign sites are still there. Yeah. Still there. And you know what? They do so at their peril. I mean, if they, if they allow uh, their so pornography me, to, how, be, to how be given can to children, stay? they can be sued for it. Hmm? How can any site still provide access in Virginia without the guardrails? How can a, you just said like foreign, foreign, so how, how is that possible? Well, so my law was not to restrict interstate commerce or any free speech protections, which some of the sites are suing in other states that have created that law that prohibited them from operating unless they did it. I looked at this as a lawyer and said, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into those constitutional concerns. So what we're going to do is this. 
We're going to say, if you don't do it, if you don't put a filter on, that's not just check a box that says I'm over the age of 18 or put in a birthday. They have to verify it. Which is easy to overcome. They have to have real ID, which is allowed, you know, on the internet, which is a way to, as we do this all the time, um, you know, if you're going to upload things that are of adult nature, you have to have a verified ID. There, if you're going to buy things like alcohol on yeah. the internet, you have to verify. Your it's ID. no different. Yeah, it's not that hard. But these porn sites depend on children. In fact, when you've had these blockers in place, their their website traffic has gone down by eighty percent. They are absolutely trying to get minors to get on there, get hooked, and then become. Uh, addicted to it, and then as adults, they continue as a... So let me ask you something real quick. If it's a foreign company, how would you pursue them legally and they're in a foreign country? Uh, Well, you can't. you got to go through international international law. But... So... So, uh, you know, so it's... So it's one of those things that you have to actually uh, fight for to start with. But, you know, what we got going on right now <laughs> is a fire inside our door. <laughs> Hold on, I'll be right Did you need to go to tent to <laughs> From his... <laughs> I mean, Shep, you made a good point earlier. We got to start doing video. <laughs> I told you. We got to do video. <clears throat> I mean... Shep, call 911. <laughs> we got we to gotta have a fire department. What is... <laughs> We are. Oh, yeah. Still recording. Okay, can we get a report? <laughs> Smokey the Bear. We're all sitting here. here. Let me try to... little context here. We're all sitting here uh. recording, and we all look around like... Something's burning. Something's burning. Did you get a report, Moss? Uh, Were you a former member of the fire department as well, you? I am, but I was unable to <laughs> obtain video footage. But it is uh, seems that uh, Senator Stanley's cigarettes... Uh, probably two packs since we've been here. Is <laughs> Have you ever heard? Only you can prevent forest fires. So he has one of these uh, ashtray towers right outside of his room, and it appears that which is a perk of this fire facility. <laughs> Stop, drop, and roll. It, ap- back. it appears that he has. Can set we get that a report yet? Are you still putting the fire out? Does the podcast have cell phone insurance? <laughs> now, now I have a cracked screen. No, I don't. All right. Listen. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> we had a, a big mess outside the Houston door. Stanley time once again. Can you I'm, tell us what happened? I'm glad I'm not uh, standing tonight. It appears that somebody. Of the multi of the multiple people that smoke in this threesome. <laughs> okay. So anyway, you know you may not want to go to sleep here tonight. If that thing kicks back up again, it's windy. I mean, you could have a. You really could have a travesty here by your own making. <laughs> Almost as bad as your porn bill. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to. So that was a little excitement, wasn't it? Hey, Yule Tide. You know, I started looking, and then you look at me like, I don't, I don't know. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Then I look at you, and I'm like, something is burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't do it. Well, we've been over here before, and his neighbor was smoking marijuana on the 
stoop. Yeah, that so was maybe that that's was like the plumber, that. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't me. Uh, anyway, so where were we? I can't even imagine. Where so we, we were talking about pursuing a foreign. What company. I was asking is, how can a foreign company operate in Virginia while others can't? Yeah, um, because they're not bound by the laws of the Commonwealth. So, and they're over in like Yugoslavia or Romania, and so they pipe this stuff in. The internet is international; it's worldwide, and so they do what they do. But you know what? If they, uh, if they, uh, you know, if they. Does that say apartment complex on fire? <laughs> God, this is a ridiculous mess. Um, if they do that, they still could be sued. If they if they don't have a filter on it and a child is harmed, they can be sued. And you can sue them in international court. So uh, that has yet to be seen. But what we have here is at least a law in place that's going to protect children. And I've got pieces of legislation that are uh, protecting kids. Uh, in other ways, in terms of the internet, making sure their personal information, I've, I've filed uh, drafted bills to be filed that will protect them from from predators on the internet the best we can. I mean, it's not foolproof. Just like the banning of porn uh, with children bill that's now law is not foolproof, but we've got to do something. So, uh, so we had a long discussion uh, during the late Gaston tapes. That's what we call them, and during that time. Um, we discussed not only the porn legislation, and, and I think this clip goes into that very seriously of why it's important, but at the same time, we were remembering ourselves uh, when we were 18 years old and what that used to be, and, and almost in, an, in a sense of innocence compared to what we see now on the internet. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of tattoos back when we were 18. <laughs> I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about access. Now, same thing, but you know, I want to play this clip from our late Gaston tapes which is when we started discussing our own experiences as young men over the age of 18 with uh, what porn was compared to what porn is now. And then we go into a discussion of what the bill that I wrote does to protect children from and pornography. And turned into the debut on Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator of the one and only Plug Moa. And that was something. It was you, awesome. You, Shep, called it was him awesome. Up. And you got him on the phone. Yep. And it was uh, a walk down memory lane of two uh, 18 or 19 year olds at the big house. Old six on Mama Bell's, uh, <laughs> on Mama her Bell's credit card. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I want to, what we want to play for you is um, that clip from that excursion during the late Gaston tapes. When we talked about this issue, it's funny, it's serious, but let's give a listen to one of our best moments in terms of a discussion and also having a good laugh regarding this issue. Take a listen. Um, so, you know, that, when you think well, about I want to hear some of these people that have called. Okay, we're going to get to that. But, um, but what was your experience? Besides I, plug more. I, <laughs> plug more. I mean, if that don't pour cold water on you, I don't know what will. My, my I mean, my earliest. They're still doing it. My earliest, remember, you know, the earliest I can remember of watching that on TV is stretched up on, I was on one sofa, plug more, it's on the other sofa, up at the big house, up six or eight, the dry bread road, and sword fight. Sword fight. On dry bread road. And plug would say, hey, I go to sleep, it'd be a particular movie on. I'd wake up, 
I'm not sure it's the same movie, but the same people. <laughs> and Plug ain't moved. And ain't blinked in eight hours. Sleep. Ain't even he blinked. Ain't blinked. <laughs> he said, you ain't going to believe it. It's still doing it. <laughs> See, Plug was... The, at least he got his money's worth. He got Mama Bill's money's worth. He's going to watch it. He's going to watch the whole yeah. Oh, yeah. 30 minutes never, or 45 see, minutes. I wouldn't dare uh, buy one you of know, those things because my mom looked at every sitting, bill. As I'm sitting here right now, 54 years old, this is the first time that I ever thought about, you know, Mama paid all them <laughs> <laughs> porn charges on my TV and never said a word about it. <laughs> Go on, Mama Bill. You didn't, She's tough, ain't she? I mean, why don't we see what Plug thinks about it? <laughs> I bet you call plug right now. He'll remember, because it was. Can't you do that on the? Let me see if I can. Get, let, let's, let's plug is asleep by now. I'm sure. No, it ain't that late. No, ain't he, that he's late. probably got his eyes wide open watching that. <laughs> Poor guy. Right, he's on. probably going. Bill Stanley. <laughs> All right, give me a second. He might that be one of them calls. Hello. 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 Plug. Moss. What's going on, brother? I ain't doing nothing. Just took my dog over for a little walk before we laid down. We didn't wake you up, did we? No, 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 no. Plug. Hermie Sadler yes. here. I believe I heard of you before. You yep. need to you need to know this in full disclosure, and I'm not I'm not telling you a story. This is not a joke. You are live. We are taping our podcast right now. We at the lake. Me, okay. My, okay. me, Shep Moss, and Senator Bill Stanley. Now. We are currently discussing Senator Bill Stanley, which now we don't care, but in our growing up days, we would have been upset. Mr. Stanley <laughs> passed a law this year to limit underage children's access to porn sites on the in web. the Commonwealth of Virginia. On the web. On the web. On the web. What? I can already see this could be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, how we brought up plug, Senator Stanley says, Hermie, what is your first memory ever growing up of watching those types of your movies first on TV? To pornography. And I said, I guarantee you right now, I remember me on one sofa at the big house up 611, plug on the other sofa up 611, and can you whistle the, the theme music of that station because I did it and I want you to verify it without us talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is gold right here. This is gold. <laughs> now, I'll tell you something else. I can give you a little name that we called it. What? We called it a doo-doo channel. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you call it a doo-doo channel? It was, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's perfect. Spice hey, channel. Plug. It's called uh, one, Spice Channel, isn't it? One Spice thing. Channel. <laughs> you know what they uh, uh, Somebody told me that. Exactly. <laughs> Bill knew me. Hey, and plug, no, that was Shep. That was one thing that I just thought about. I told. I just told Senator Stanley this. All these years later, I just now realized that every month. Mama Bell was paying the bill for the movies, and she never brought it up. Yeah, and we thank her for it because we enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, Hermie said for eight hours straight. The point of this whole podcast, but okay. Hermie right. said for eight hours straight. <laughs> you would no, go to pee. You wouldn't blink twice a week, man. Watch <laughs> you called the rewind. Now, now tell him what you yeah, remember. You remember of Plug watching the. I just remember Plug one time. Spice Channel. We were watching the Spice Channel. 
And, you know, and we had probably earlier in the evening had been to the bakery. Prior to that, yeah, is that, is that to the house. figurative bakery or literal? No, bakery? that's what that no, was a nightclub. Nightclub. Oh, okay. And important. Right. And I, you know, I, I do remember eight. So times. you're over the age of eighteen. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So we, yeah. So we would go. I would try to get a little bit of shut eye, and it'd be a particular movie on. I'd wake <laughs> up six hours later <laughs> and plug and say, "Hermy." You ain't gonna believe it. <laughs> you ain't gonna believe. It. You ain't gonna believe what I was watching. <laughs> they still doing it. One hundred percent correct. Hey, right plug. One hundred percent. Now listen, I, know, I appreciate you being a good sport and being on the show. We'll send a release to your ex- uh, <laughs> representatives <laughs> to put this on it. But look, or we'll tell you what we can send to his wife. If you, if, <laughs> if you were gonna leave employee right now at your house. And drive to the lake to meet us. How would you get here from the from the lake? To, from you your house? You at Chef's place? No, we at my place. Oh, you at your place to the lake? Yeah. Because that's a whole different well, direction. Yeah, well, if I was going to leave my house coming to your place to the lake, what I would do, well, actually, I would come over to Walnut Drive, you know, because sometimes you got to come through Walnut Drive to get out of here. Right. <clears throat> well, you would try, I would probably try to go east, east. Eastbound 58, and it's a little little place down there called Hunterdale. Hunterdale, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we go down toward Hunterdale, and when you saw the sign that said Hunterdale, what you got to do is you got to turn around because what you're doing is going the wrong way. Okay? Okay. And then you have to get yourself together and put in rewind. Probably to get some gas. Yeah, and what you're going to have to do is stop somewhere down there. Find you a slip in or something because you got to have some gas because you done gone way too far away. <laughs> Y'all have a great night. Thank you for thinking about me. Ladies and gentlemen, plug more. Love you, plug. Oh, man. We got to get night. him back on. Oh, Good night, night plug. Night, night. Plug did so good you you recognize the channel. I had a flashback <laughs> because the, the music is starting in my head now, which I'll never get it out. And then blood. He was singing uh no one to hold him, no one to hold him. Now I'm gonna wake up in the morning, that's in my head. And now, that's people have was, to understand because that, with, that wasn't planned. It was not that was a real I had no idea you were gonna call me. That was oh a real phone. Dude, I'm crying. I mean, we couldn't have planned it. Again, you're over the age of 18, but I remember because my my next door neighbor, Matt Steckel, who I love to death, he had one of those boxes that he paid extra that Mm -hmm. somebody who worked at the cable place had. And it was the interlude in between the things. Was, was yeah, this Dan in Hampton, Was this in Hampton, Sydney? <laughs> no, no, no. This is. I was a lawyer by then. I oh, was so that 20, was like the bumper between. I was twenty <laughs> years old. I mean, the bumper between. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I could. I couldn't. You know. I just know every time I. <laughs> See, oh, I, never, I never. I never got porn. I mean, it's just like, come on, man. I mean. Watch for two seconds. It's like not. I mean, I don't look like him. <laughs> but how close she was doesn't look like anybody I've ever done. music. You couldn't have. I mean, you could not have written. You that. put them on top of each other. It's a harmony. You couldn't have written. Guy, <laughs> can we have him on every week to help? Oh them? God, let's do a plug moment. Go down towards Hunterdale to get turn around, Kim, and when you get to Hunterdale, what you want to do is turn around and come back because you you're going way, the wrong way. You're going way past where you should be. Uh, so you've uh, had some uh, fan club 
So, so anyway, yes. So now, so now, <laughs> now Her- Hermie really closed the book on what our past experience was. Pull a paste of <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pilot travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva Petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at Exit 12. The Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on Exit 11B off I-95, and Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina. That's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers. And Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermie Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are to us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer, and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by and not at. You know, a lot of states are now picking up this stuff. They want to do it. A lot of parent uh, organizations think this is the right thing. Well, it a is lot of right. Democrats secretly think it is, and they think, oh my God, I'm ruining the First Amendment. No, you're not. You're protecting children. We protect children. They don't have absolute rights to constitutional look, amendments. We're laughing about they, it. They can't vote until they're 18, for God's sakes. We're joking about it. Yeah. But we're trying to keep it light. This, this is addressing a serious issue. Young kids. Yes. Not 20, 21, 25, 28 year old not, adults. Not 18 in one day. We're talking kids. So, yeah. you know, the listeners need to understand we're doing a little tongue in cheek with it, but this is addressing a real serious problem with children. You're exactly not right. Adults. You're exactly right. So let's right. just. Full disclosure. Well, and, and I don't think that there's anybody out there who's in the right mind that wouldn't say, yeah, kids should be exposed to pornography at age 11 or I 12 mean, or 15. I mean, the deal that Pornhub put up, their disclaimer, that it should be by device mm-hmm. and for 
that industry not to realize that anybody could take the device and log on if, You're me if back they, with it's drink. like the Oscar Mayer Wiener song or something. <laughs> no. You know. That's why I would never have thought it was a spice channel. My brain went, spice channel. That's what it was. It's spice and spice too. That's what they You ain't going to But for, still for that it. industry to think that it is simple as doing device verification. Yeah. That's ludicrous. Yeah. And that's an easy wipe away for them. And and that's and that's and see what they're doing is they're not putting any responsibility on themselves. They're putting the blame on me and the legislators who voted for this bill and the governor who signed it into law, Governor Yunkin. It's our fault. We're the ones that are keeping you from accessing your pornography. You adults, we think there's a better way through phones because everybody who has a phone has to be 18 years old. Well, that's BS. Right. You know, look, my, my wife and I've had a real struggle uh, in terms of giving our children phones. My my older children didn't get phones until they were 15, 16, close to 16. Because of the middle school, we're kind of worried about our son and, and even resource officers and others say it's better for him to have a phone for security and safety. We got him a phone at age 12 on his birthday. I hate it. Right. It's changed him. He, he stares at that thing now. He is, you know, like Hermes right now. He just stares at his friggin' phone. That becomes the teacher. That becomes the the parent in a lot of situations where parents are busy working, <laughs> where they're working, where they're trying to make a living, where they're trying to do what they can for the kids. Or, because you can't watch your kids all the damn time. Or they're just too damn lazy to be parents. Some parents are. So they say, okay, Johnny, okay, Annie, take the phone and get away from me. So if you also then that's what happens. So if you're an adult intending to expose children to pornography, to sexual conduct, let's talk about what it is. Then that lessens the allure. It exposes them to stuff where they're, you know, deadened to it. That is to say, it's not something shocking. And I think it makes children's easier predator, you know, easier to the predator. They are the prey. And so I think that's part of what we're seeing. I think we're seeing an unbelievable attempt on the adult's part to groom objectified children, to expose them to sexuality too early, too often, so that when they take advantage of that child, then the child's not as shocked. The child, oh, the child is more compliant. It's normal. Yeah, they think it's compliant. normal. And I think that is really another risk. Another risk on top of the mental issues that develop from, from exposing sure. them to this, even if they're not groomed or, or sent into child tracks trafficking or anything else yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a serious conversation he's over there trying to find the spice channel theme music right i'm trying yeah. okay so so it is really a serious problem and we make light of it because look as adults we can talk about it you want to look if you want to look you're 18 in one day you want to look at that i, I i'm not as a legislator or a government official addressing stopping that. you yeah, you're not, not addressing no. that no. they're the ones that took it away from you Correct. not me I was just saying, well, if you're going to let the 18 in one day watch it, let's keep the, the, the 17 and 11 months from watching it, okay? And down below, because it really has an adverse effect. And, you know, when you start degrading human conduct and interaction, especially sexuality, which is love, affection, then you're degrading society, you're degrading family. And isn't that a part of the bigger deal where they really are, where they've broken down, you know, God in our lives? We're, we're a Judeo-Christian society built on founding principles of freedom, which were, were found in the Bible and the quality in the Bible. 
And we're breaking those things down. We're breaking down now the social strata of the family. And now we're breaking down uh, who influences the child and what they're subjected to so that they control the child in deviant sexual ways. That's not right. The kid who is born in no matter what station in life they're born in has a right to a childhood that is not interrupted by an adult that is trying to take advantage of them or use them commercially or, or groom them sexually or, or for whatever purian interest that they have. We need to let children be children and not be exposed to this stuff. I mean, every joke that we've been making here, you know, with the exception of, you know, look, I never saw that eight millimeter because it burned up in the eight millimeter projector. We ran like scalded hogs. Like we ran. The Playboy magazine was in our fort about, oh, about three and a half minutes. And let me tell you, we never saw another one in the house ever again. What Plugmore and the young Hermie Sadler were watching was over the age of 18. The fact that I remember remember the the Spice Channel's uh, interlude music that you whistled, I was 27 years old. 28. We hope. hope. No, I know. Your, I don't, I don't even remember what your thing was. I mean, Shep, have I you didn't escaped? have a thing. You really didn't have a thing? No. What was your earliest, you know, what, what's your remembrance of? The Blue Lagoon. I think that was it. Soft shells. Man, yeah. you really got away with it, didn't you? That's good. You know, that was VHS. Can we hear some of these call-ins? Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to them in two seconds. But, you know, I mean, you, you remember the movie Airplane? For a hot second on the movie, which is hilarious, there's a picture of someone topless running down the aisle of the airplane for like hot two seconds. Maybe Porky's. Porky's would be number two. I mean, 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 but you're talking about, you know, risque. Oh, yeah. R-rated movies had to be over 17 to be able to watch them. Well, not anymore. These kids are getting exposed to pornography. It's not right for them in the rear end. It's not right for uh, the parents not to be able to control it or have at least a tool in the toolbox to help them. That's what this bill is. And all we asked the porn uh, industry to do was put some safeguards out there to stop. All right. A safeguard like Mama Bill, Mama, Mama Bill, uh, who would have looked at that bill and would have stopped that right there in the tracks. Mm-hmm. She'd seen that. But so you were still you in the remember at the time. Saturday night, HBO, The Hitchhiker. Uh, I do. I didn't remember that. That was yeah. kind of a, Cause you a rescue show. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you had everybody joked about Skinamax, Cinemax. Skinamax, that's right. On Saturday night, <laughs> they right. had some risque movies or... Okay, that's, that's right. That's know, right. So I guess that would kind of be my first... There you go. Exposure see, to that kind see, of See, you had a gentle... But, but you also had probably parents that, that really kept it away from you when you were, you were younger, right? Yeah, it wasn't this stuff that I would imagine you would see yeah. on like a Pornhub site. Right. Oh, and I mean, because who knows what they? And listen, listen. The the content that they have, it's not what may have been in the seventies, right? On some right. porn movie on VHS or Betamax. We're talking about graphic, degrading, sex acts against women, or barely legal eighteen. You know, crazy weird stuff that and multiple partners and things that just shouldn't be there. Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. 
Saddler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pallet travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva Petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Saddler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Saddler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at exit 12. The Saddler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on exit 11B off I-95, and Saddler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Saddler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina, that's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers, and Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermie Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are to us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by and not at. <laughs> we got to find a way to have plug more on the podcast more often, but also I'm glad we on the back end of that had a chance to really talk about what the bill, the, 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 the seriousness and the good things that the good that, the, the intentions of that legislation. And like a lot of things we talk about, if it helps, and I know it's helped more than one, but if it helps keep one person on the right track or out of danger or his family out of danger or problems down the road and things of that nature, then it's been a success. Well, and not only that, though, um, it kind of is, you know, we're in our 50s. Um, to compare me, barely. Yeah. Well, well, okay. Me and Shep. To compare and contrast on the way it was only 30 years ago compared to what it is now. Huge. Difference. The risks to our children now and the lack of risk where it was more kind of innocent. We giggle about it. It wasn't taken seriously. It wasn't part of our lives. There might have been a moment when you're on the on the couch at, at the big house um, and you had a funny moment, but you did not have that as a part of your life. On yeah, the that's a very basis. uncomfortable thing you just did with your mouth. <laughs> and it looked weird, too, when yeah. you did it. But, but, you know, the difference between just, a, just the difference a day makes, you know, the difference between us growing up and to what our children are, are subjected to by having a phone in their hands or the Internet at their access, to even have those people that seek to do our children harm may not be, you know, lurking in your neighborhood, but they don't have to, they can come through your door, your front door with ever, without ever opening it. Absolutely. Through the internet. And it is such a scary thing. So I hope in a little way uh, that we've changed some lives. I've gotten some letters from some parents that said, this has changed your kid's life. Um, 
and has cut off the access that they had to something that was harming them at 12 and 13 years old. I mean, these are serious issues as much as we made fun and had a, had a walk down memory lane that was funny. Uh, at the same time, it's a serious issue for us going forward. So that was a funny and serious moment. But now the next one is a funny moment. This is my favorite. This is my personal favorite. Now, of all the podcasts <laughs> we've done, Herm, I have 88, one, one, 87. I love the Elliot Sadler stuff, especially the interaction between Elliot and Hermie. We've had two episodes. Go back in our library, find those Elliot Sadler episodes. And another, another one that we had was when you just railed on me when I had Joe Camerata at our <laughs> office talking about the Paula Jones case. We had two totally different perspectives on what happened we had representing Bill's story, one of the biggest cases And then we in had the truth, the, the real story. <laughs> and, uh, mine was more the truth than his. But this one here was totally spontaneous. So we, we had been away for a couple of weeks, two or three weeks. Your election had happened in the primary in June. I was out of sorts. I was not in a good mood. I did not want to tape. I was in contract negotiations. That's right. You were you were trying to come back, but also staying firm on, on your requirements to come back, which was a bag of Cheetos and something else. But we came back to this podcast to the in lake. June, and you said, let's do it at my lake house at Lake Gaston. And I came over there, and we were going to do an overnight, and we were going to tape a bunch of tape, uh, shows. We did that. Shep shows up in this monster pontoon. I mean, <laughs> pontoon rock. Big boat. And, and was all full of himself. And we then taped, I think, a couple of times. And, and I think we went out on the lake, ate dinner, came back and taped this one. Yeah. But this one, when we came back, it was, it was just an amazing moment in time. It took on a life of its own. It did. Because we had no intention of talking about something that I didn't know I had in common with Shep Moss, which was I was an umpire in Vienna Little League. Which is, you are a good umpire, and Shep was... <laughs> I knew what the strike zone great. was. I actually went to Williamsport, umpired there. Uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, I, look, home of the, of the uh, Little League World Series. During the Little League World Series, the, the preamble and the run-up to that. And then all of a sudden, Shep Moss starts talking about him being an umpire. And it erupted into a 25-minute conversation. Erupt. Is- Erupted. On, and I learned that what I was oh, missing in my career was... I know. Why are you talking about erupting? That was in the porn. <laughs> oh, God. It's still Christmas. Um, but I learned about how you crank the weed eater. I learned about the scissor... What was that? The scissor, scissor, scissor stance. stance. Scissor stance. He went from the box stance because of his belly. He had to go to scissor stance. Yeah. <laughs> and his strike zone, which was totally hilarious to me. And to all of us, I mean, we were actually there to interview Jonathan police, Cash, who was our race car driver. State police sitting next uniform. to us, and it and it and it had nothing to do with him for twenty five minutes. He didn't he know what sat, the hell to he think. He sat there and looked at us, like, "Why am I here?" And 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 as Hermie just said, I realized that when I was an umpire, I did not have the state police pressed uniform that Chet Moss had. I did have. He one. He said it looked like a strike, <laughs> and it's no, it sounds sound like, like a strike. strike. <laughs> And so, have you umpired since then? Since I have not. Have <laughs> I've you, not been asked back. <laughs> but you told us that you would have been asked onto any field to, sh- to umpire a game. I do believe that. Absolutely. <laughs> I believe that. I mean, uh, it may not be true, but I believe it. And Hermie Sadler believes that the legendary Santa is the true Santa. <laughs> so, so, this is another clip that I think everybody should listen to. This is one of the things that made us laugh uproariously. We still joke about it. It was so much fun. Listening 
totally off the cuff, totally off the subject, not something we planned on talking about, the Shep Moss umpire strike zone dilemma. In fact, this is probably why we don't have production and uh, cue cards today, just because that was... no video? No no video. We don't have anything, because all this was off the cuff. And this is a part of our Merry Shep Moss Christmas look back at the year 2023 uh, with the Leaning Right and Turning Left podcast. Guys, give this a listen. We're still giggling about it. Listen to it now, and we'll come back in a second to see what you think. And move my haircut. So the stress test is now at 8.30 in the morning. I can't imagine I'll have any stress after being around you all. You're stressing me out just talking about it. And then my haircut's Friday. I'll be announcing the opening ceremonies of the Dixie Boys World Series that's taking place in South Hill this weekend. Teams from 12 states. So it's going to be a big time. I got a, I got a busy weekend coming So you up. need to have your hair at the perfect level. And I'm playing on a golf tournament, mind you. And y'all both know how that's going to end. You playing this week? So how does a how does a haircut help you with any of that? Right. Don't you wear a baseball cap at a baseball game? Kinda no, like not when I'm announcing. Jonathan's doing here. Are you not umpiring anymore? No, I'm announcing now. He, he used to be the ump. Come on, Blue. <laughs> it's in the book. <laughs> Ask Elliot. It's in the book. He'll tell you. Man, I used to umpire. I, I umpired. There's no way in hell you umpire. Absolutely. In fact, I quit playing baseball so I could umpire. With that? Because it was making money. I, I get 10 bucks a game for Vienna Little League. My most famous story is I threw Joe Theismann out of a Vienna Little League baseball game. It's a very true story. It showed up in the Washington Post. Can we talk to our guest now? Sure, but you don't want to hear my interesting story about Joe Theismann? Guys, let's hear your story about okay. Joe Theismann. So Joe Theismann had a son, and he, he'd won the Super Bowl. He had a son named Joey, played on the Orioles. And he was a big guy, a big little kid. And he could throw some heat, but his heat, little kid. His heat well, you, had you, no control. Just so I understand. What age group? Are you behind the, 12, group? You behind the play? 12 and under. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got the, I got the. How do you ring somebody up? What do you mean? How you throw them out? <laughs> I mean, are you cranking the weed eat on them? I mean, are you doing the karate chop? I mean, how are you going to strike three? Mine's the right hand up here. Right oh. there. Make the fist. Zow. Even for a call out? For, for a call strike three? Zow. He looked like he's done that before, doesn't he, John? <laughs> no, he's not. got a lot of right wrist in that strike no, call. That's right Pornhub left the Commonwealth. <laughs> when you did, the, did, you, did you ring him up? I had a couple different, different moves, depending on whether they were swinging, whether it was down the gut, whether it was... On the corner a little bit. I had a couple different moves. Like what? Let's see. Well, you crank the weed eat on them. You now, how can. What does that look like? Oh, that's. that's <laughs> <laughs> you're pulling the cord. Yeah, you're pulling the cord. Okay, absolutely. All right. What's another one? If I'm, um, sw- if I'm swinging a miss. If you're swinging and it's just strike three, you just signal strike three. You don't say anything. You don't do anything. Everybody knows it's strike three. Okay. So if it's um, a close pitch that you're going to give the pitcher, that's the one you have to sell the most. So that one you may get a little more animated on. All right. So how would you be more animated then? I mean, do you do like a Michael Jackson moonwalk kind of? Well, no. no. Would, you say, would you say that's on the corner? Or? No, 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 no. You don't say anything. You want to point where it was? Strike. No. Floyd Cole used to talk all the time. Oh, Floyd Cole said, yeah, in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Uh-uh, so what no. would you do on a close one? Oh. Maybe chest high, a little bit on the inside. Well, that's a ball. 
That's no, no, not still strike. inside. Just you not. just said he told us if right you go something, you're going to give the picture. Yeah, yeah but you now can't, you can't give away the secrets. Now you're talking about <laughs> when you're going to give the picture <laughs> a different zone. Look, we'll high, high and inside is not a pitch that you get. No, no, no. Right at the boobies, right at the armpit level. I mean, right and in there inside, on the line. No, no, no. it's a ball no, every inside, time. Inside, inside on the Look, line of the plate. The only time. Left inside the of the plate. The only time a good and well-trained umpire. Like yourself. Yes, I've been to two pro <laughs> schools. Thank you. I've been to two pro schools. Thank you. I've been to Williamsport. Umpired Williamsport games. How about that? In the softball league, that don't count. No, no, no. Little that was league. men's pickup. Little league world series. So if you're going to give the pitcher a pitch, it's got to be a hittable pitch. High and inside is not a hittable. No, no, no. Pitch. Let's just say it's right. It's right at the top. Top of the strike zone. Why are you? On why the is a trained umpire that's been to all these schools? Why are you changing your strike zone in the middle of the game? Well. It's not in the middle of the game. You stay consistent with it, okay? But you don't have to give the pitch to somebody. Twi- look, look at a 12-year-old. Johnny a, Cash, tell him, man. Oh, at a 12 year, that's $25. <laughs> at a 12-year-old level, if you don't call hittable pitches strikes, you will be there all night long. And good coaches know that you're going to have to call some pitches. So how did you let favor. them know? With your, you couldn't pull the weed eater. Oh, I don't want to do the pump. No. What's your big I'm not, doing, I'm not doing your You're not doing like the, hand the porn hub out. <laughs> <laughs> You're not jerking the gherkin. And I'm not so, doing that. So what's your move? What's your signature move? I mean, I really got to stand up and do yeah, it. Yeah, see. Absolutely. Oh, hell. Uh, Are you we'll going to do yours? We'll describe it. Will you do yours? Sure. You're going to do yours? Sure. He just said his. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was. <laughs> and I'm pointing. Yep. I got thrown off by. He's still not doing his stand up. Listen to him. You pull the weed eater, and then you said if it's one you, a pitch you got to sell, you got to get a little more demonstrative. I'm, yeah. Well, number that? one, why do you have to listen? A pitch you have to sell is not a strike, is it? Very good point, and a great question. It may not be a ruled strike, but if it's a hittable pitch, and if you have to move the game along. Okay. Hey, move You're throwing the game. You, You're making you balls. You're jacking people into concession stand. They're trying to sell hot dog. You're trying to get out of there. Right. I got to go. I'm in the fundraiser. You're getting, go. you getting paid the same amount whether the game was an hour and 15 minutes or two hours. So you go calling little Johnny out. <laughs> you damn right. What he better be swinging today. <laughs> <laughs> little Johnny better be swinging today. Party time's got a gig at 630. Yeah. <laughs> now, come on. Let's see it. Come on. What? So did you use the big balloon chest protector? Well, I did. I mean, and, I'm sure you would. And then I went to the undergarment. Because your age. Yeah, yeah. It was the at heart. your age, that was probably all you had. It's called the heart. Back in the 70s and 80s, yes. And then uh, I went to underguard. But the problem was, is when I, when I you could use that big. Because that's what Floyd Coley used. You could use the big front thing to block something when it, when it tipped off the catcher's, uh, ma- uh, off his mask or off his, his glove. But, man, when you were just sitting there with your umpire shirt and something underneath with the guard underneath, you could take one right in the throat. Yeah, I mean, that was before talk about the racing in a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm good with the baseball. So, <laughs> so tell us, what is your magic move on a ball that, you that is a not strike? a strike, but you got to go? Johnny back to his daddy. I got He's pissed off that he got rung up three times in one game. I got appointment. I got go. Hey, hey, and none of them were strikes. None of them were strikes. Because the umpire had a gig. Come on. It's perfect. It's perfect. I got to go to memory makers and do the last half hour. Push it out. One right down the middle. You said you pulled a weed eater. I pulled a weed eater. On strike three. All right. So when you go call Johnny out on the right hand that I. Obvious ball. Above the head. Right? You make the fist. 
No, no, no. On one, on a call that you've got to sell. All right, look. Which you shouldn't be making, but boy. I got to sell because it's so, it flew over the kid's f***ing head. But I got to go. (laughs) Come on, man. That's not what I said. It was close. Stand up, show us. We'll describe it. Oh, I got to show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're asking. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to try to do a play-by-play. right down the middle is just a... Yeah, let's do the down the middle. So... Depends on the size of the bat. Do you use the front guard? Use the under under guard. So depending on the size of the bat, I'd either do a box stand. Uh huh. But then I got old and fat, my belly would hang over, so I had to go to get a little closer to the mic there. I had to go to the sizzle stand. See this? Did you use it? One knee forward, one knee back. Yeah, I got both hands on my knee. No, I was younger when I did this. I was the age of thirteen. So if it's one right down the pipe, I might just pull the rope on. Okay. Right there. For strike three. For strike How about three. one and two? You just throw the hand up? Oh, yeah. If it, well, I just point to the side. Kind of casual. Uh, you know, it's one down the pipe. You don't right? Know. And okay. I just point. All right. Okay. Okay. It was a ball. I just say ball. I don't point. I don't tell them where it's at. Now, how'd right. you say ball? Did you go ball? Ball. Really? Just ball? Just ball. <laughs> so a strike. Ball. We just. Yeah. I'll, all right. Down the middle. Pop. Strike. And I point. All right, okay. so he stands up if from a scissor kick. If I'm using the box stance, right. I would say strike, and I'd stand up and kind of do like right. a time. That was my big thing. Okay. Make the grip. Yeah, but you'd do Right hand up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to entertain the crowd. Multiple gyrations. <laughs> I mean, your hand I'm trying to get the down. coach to ask me out after the game with that move, you know? I mean, you'd <laughs> strike like a jackrabbit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. All right, here's the, here's the ball that you want to be a strike because you got to go. All right. The one you so got to sell. in and it's close. Now, you gone to yep. the scissors late in your career. Because yeah. my belly. I had to go to the scissors. Because <laughs> it was just so much easier. Okay. Right. It ripped, and so if it came in, I would go and like, huh, three. All right. So, so for the listener who can't see this on TV, he would slowly get out of his scissor kick. Looks like he's. he's oh, it's slow. Was that for, one for right down the middle? Three? That one would be more like a, a down the middle. All right. Well, what we're looking for is that God itself. We're trying to get back to the one, the the, the mystery strike. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the, invisible the invisible pitch. That you're pissed off because Johnny's daddy bought a car from Hardy Ford, and you're gonna ring him up on a ball. <laughs> that one. That's the one we're trying to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Right. For ten minutes, we're trying to get this one out. You know what I would tell the daddy? It sounded like a strike. <laughs> Well, let's see it like a strike. Let's see this. Let's see. We don't want to pop any of your stitches, but let's so see. So one that everybody in the stands knows that yep. Johnny just didn't swing. The ball was right down the middle, waist high fastball to catch. I mean, you pulled a yeah, rope. Sometimes I would go this way. I'd kick. Which you, right you're, so you're like throwing small, overhand little punch. Small, just, a little, just a little, you know, just a little. Huh. So he pulls out and makes a, a punch player. to the right yeah. without little, changing position. Little, All right. Okay. So he takes his and right hand. One right down the middle. I'd go, hi. Ooh, just hit Three. the Sometimes I just throw my hand All right. up. Now, okay. we're, we're getting to the strike that wasn't a strike. <laughs> All right. But I'm, I, I mean, I have never wanted an ending so bad in my life to see what happens here than right now. All right. Now here's the pitch. It sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> 
best podcast ever. When you not saying it, but thinking to yourself, you just wait, Johnny. <laughs> I'm gonna be here all damn day. You fitting to go back to the big game? <laughs> There's not many more scissor kicks I can give in this game. I got to get out of here. My belly. So we're, we're looking for the yeah, one that is clearly not a strike, but you're gonna ring this little kid up yeah, yeah. for a personal reason. Okay, go ahead. Oh, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to turn to the side with this hand. And you're going to find Dad. <laughs> you're going to find <laughs> Dad, Dad. Dad with his chap against him. Johnny's Dad. Look at his Dad, I'm going, look at that. <laughs> He's got the middle finger out, and oh, then yeah. he pulls he pulls it yeah. under. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, let's see your... And, and I saw a kick. I saw a kick. Well, let's see your strike three. Now, Matt, one, one, uh, one more question, then we get to your bill. Why would you sometimes, would you go the other direction on a left-handed batter? Um, well, if it's a left-handed batter, you always signal strike. You always signal strikes, regardless right or left hand, with your right hand. Right. A strike. Yeah, strike right. is right hand. But so the crowd could see it, you would point to your left with your right hand. Okay. Uh-huh. On how, third many, strike, how many times were you escorted out of the uh, out of the baseball? The third field? on a left right hand a left handed would you no. and didn't point here or. It just depends on the pitch. It depends I'm really on worried the, about who's getting pointed to. Because that can really cause a problem. Remember, you're not supposed to use your finger like that. Hey, look, it, it depends on the pitch, the game situation. It depends on a lot how you would call strike. But, so you're willing to admit on the podcast that as an umpire, the score of the game no. and who's batting would I did not say that. Okay. I did not say that. Or if you're running a little late and you're worried about daylight or you got something to do. And I didn't say that either. Well, it sounded like it. Look. <laughs> How do you know that? what I like about you, Billy? <laughs> Nothing. Not a damn yeah, that's thing. Right. That's right. Look. <laughs> Would you are willing to admit that you had a preconceived notion of when you might call a strike on a guy? No. Before look, the pitch. The pitch has got to be hittable. If it's hittable and you're calling eight-year-old kids. You've got to call some hittable pitches. If you're waiting for a 17 by 17 inch strike, it's walk, 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 walk. The coaches that are good coaches that have been around the block for a while, they know you're not going to have any problem with Don't them. you have a slaughter rule where you just like, if they're just scoring all these runs, you're going to get out early anyway? Who wants to stand out there for an hour and an inning with no hits? It's part of the game. Don't act like y'all don't know this in part of the game. Damn, baseball game is but rigged. I'm, I'm a, a bad news bass, but I'll make a mother. Don't act like y'all Chico's don't know this. Chico's <laughs> Bail Bonds is not getting their, their mean, sponsorship look, money if they're uh, done in an hour. Even on TV, even with K-Zone, the umpire will ring them up <laughs> on occasion, mm. on a questionable pitch. Have you ever been like uh, pitchforks and torches like chased out of a baseball stadium? I never have. I never had, and I tell was you it why. Close? I tell was there a close you, moment? No. Um, that was and my tell next you, question. I yeah. tell you why. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> and I've been fortunate. We're going to get to you. I swear to God. I've been fortunate enough to do little league through the World Series, all the way through some college ball. Hmm. And Elliot will know this from travel ball. If the at that level, if the coaches and even the players and the parents, if they see you hustling, they see you're in position. They know you're human. They know you're going to miss a call or miss a pitch. They will respect you. It's a difference in liking and respecting. I probably wasn't well liked at some ballparks or by some coaches. Or parents. But I do think I was always respected. I was on time. I, my uniform was state trooper clean and press. 
Um, I was well-versed in the rules. And okay, did I get every call right? No. Did I fall down and call one from left field out at first when I couldn't see it? No, I didn't do that either. So, you know, I did that 35 years. I can walk on the field anywhere today in the state of Virginia and umpire. Can you imagine that the mom and dad are in the stadium, they see Shep show up in his nicely pressed umpire shirt, and they go, we're going to be done in 30 minutes here. He's got things to do. I'm just trying to picture him, like, running down the first baseline to get to a call. Ooh. So was it one umpire, or did you have a crew of two? Most of the time, it was two. Tournament time, we had three. Okay. One in the outfield down the line. Did you prefer to be behind the plate or in the outfield? Infield? Really, um... Probably behind I mean, you could speed the, the game up more behind the plate, right? Well, behind the plate's really easier than the bases because you're really focused just kind oh, of I like on the, the bases plate. better. I like the bases. You better. know, the bases was more running, more moving. I, I kind of, I probably was a better plate umpire in managing the dugouts and handling the problems. His belly thought so. I was, I was better umpire doing that than I was on the base. Okay. So getting back to my story. So this is the year after the Redskins lost to the uh, Raiders uh, when I was an umpire for Vienna Little League. Loved it. Ten bucks a game. I'd do three to four games a day on Saturdays. Make 40 bucks. I thought I was rich. Um, yeah, Joey Theismann played for the Orioles. Great coach. Great team. They're always in contention. We're up on the top field. Jonas Park. We're up on the top field. Joe Theismann comes in. He, he had a gold, like, Mark V. You know, one of those Lincolns? Parked it up kind of close up top. Um, he comes in. I'm, I'm behind the plate. Uh, Joey's pitching. Joey's wild. Joey has, I mean, kids were scared when they got up to the, to the, so into the none of them sounded like strikes. <laughs> you would have probably found some of those under your, uh, under your scenario strikes. Yeah, uh, these, were, these were head burners. They I were brush backs. They were the risk. <laughs> <laughs> I lost money in the Super Bowl. Uh, so, but it was chin music. I mean, he was throwing it. He was throwing the hardest he could, and he was very frustrated. It was a hot day. His face was red. Uh, Theisman, the dad, Joe Theisman, the, the football player, uh, parks himself. And of course, he's still the Redskin coach. I mean, Redskin quarterback. He parks himself um, behind the plate, and you know the the netting and the and the backstop. He Wait was in the box. Wait a minute, you're telling me. That you ejected a person that wasn't even a coach? Is that what you're getting to? Uh, so here goes my story. So he sat behind me, and, and I mean, these things are, these are grazing the eyebrows of these kids. I mean, they're so high. I go, ball, ball. And, you know, I, I want him to throw strikes too. Ball, ball. He's walking. Loads him up. I think he walks one in. And I start hearing, come on up. That was a strike. Come on. Starts a little low. Starts to build a crescendo. And, I mean, these are not even close to strikes. Not even Shep Moss strikes. Call another ball. And he starts screaming at me. And I stop the game and I say, uh, sir. And I knew who it was. And I said, you're going to have to go down past first base, uh, past first base down the line there. You can stand at the fence past uh, right there. We used to have like the warm up, the, the bullpen, you know, the area where the kids would warm up to, to get ready on deck. So I said, you're going to go down there. I stopped the game. He's like, wait, wait, wait. he starts screaming. And, I, and he said a swear word. Now, I know he's Joe Thosman. He said the F-bomb, what I remember. And I didn't throw him out at that time because, you know, I mean, bad language in a baseball park is not tolerated. Back then it would in the 80s. So I move him. He finally, uh, his coach tells him, get down there. He goes around, around past the dugout, which was a uh, center block dugout. 
and he leans in and he's still throwing balls and I'm calling balls, balls. And he says another swear word yelling at me and his kid is just flustered. And I stopped the game. And I said, you're out, you're out of here. Throw out. And, the, and the parents on the other team start clapping. I mean, they must've been Raiders fans. They start clapping. He won't leave. <laughs> Cowboy fans. Yeah. He won't leave. And I said, sir, you're, you are ejected from this game. And you're not only ejected from this game, you're ejected from the park, Jonas Park. <laughs> and so I stopped the game, walked outside the gate, and made him go to his car. His car was about three cars down from the top. It was a big, slopey hill. There was a concession stand in the middle, right where the middle field are. Three fields. So is this a league? Here. Yeah. Vienna Little League. A famous a question. Vienna Little League. Question. Yes. Do you realize that you only control as an umpire inside defense? Correct. However, the Vienna Little League. Is that in the book? When it came to conduct, (laughs) they gave us full right. So I said, you've got to leave and you're ejected out of the park. We could eject them out of the park. And I've never done that before, but I've never done that before. But this is a high-end Northern Virginia field, not one that you might have worked on. (laughs) (laughs) He gets in his gold Mark V. He's pissed. He backs up. He locks his bumper. You know how there's big bumpers on the Mark Fives in the 1980s? Kind of locks it into a van that's kind of parked. <laughs> locks it. Moves forward again. <laughs> oh, you'll fall. Backs up. Oh, well, yeah, because I pissed him off. Backs up. Is this Joe Thousman we're talking about? Yeah, Joe Thousman. And he starts down the hill. Down the hill. I'm chasing after him in my full gear, you know. And you're 13? Heads, and I'm trying to stop them. Yeah, how he, old are you? Because he wrecked the car. I'm probably, I, was, I drove there, so I was sick. Well, in 1983, I guess, when was the, when did we lose to the Raiders? When the Redskins lost the Raiders? I don't know. I'm it was the year after. Man. Well, okay. So that's 82, 83. I'm in high school. Uh, and, uh, and I chased him down there and had him stopped. Uh, well, there was a guy there named Tony Kornheiser or, or somebody who was a, a reporter. I don't From know, ESPN? Might have been. Uh, the interruption? The, yeah. That, I think that's him. Or one of the others, uh, not Will Bond, but there was another one. And he was at the game, and he wrote about it. And my dad comes in, and I had not read the sports page, said, what the hell did you do this weekend? But I, I uh, held the notoriety and fame of kicking out the Super Bowl champ and MVP. Uh, so Biden. what we would do as umpires, <laughs> if we were having a problem with a spectator, uh-huh. and if we could determine which team they were with, and most of the time you can, we would casually go by the head coach of that team and say, hey, Hermie, tough game, I get it. But you're going to have to do something with Stanley back here. He's causing a problem. I'm going to give you opportunity to handle it. And if you can't, then I'm going to handle it. But the way we would handle it is go to somebody with the league and say, Cash, I'm going to stop this game. And both teams are going in the dugout until he's out of the park. And then I would let the league handle it. Sometimes the leagues would have to call the police because it's public property. As you know, the leagues don't control the property. So the town would have to send a police oh, officer over. Yeah, Little League owned the whole property. Oh, okay. well, that's a little different situation than what I was in. Jonas Field. Because legally, I think you would agree, the umpire doesn't control the park. You can't make me leave the park. Well, there was one time in uh, Nottoway Park, can. which was across from where I lived, and I was doing a, a Little League game. We had one Little League uh, field, and we had a, we had a regular-sized baseball field and a softball field up above. And the parents were so unruly that I moved them I was able to move them off the bleachers, that the bleachers right into the backstop. And then uh, I moved them up to the softball field above. 
And the problem was, is that now they were over top of me and they were even, Made it even worse, pressure. but I could not remove them from the park. One more baseball question. And we got to get to our guest, John, over here. Cause he, <laughs> I mean, he drove like six hours to get here. I'm so effing glad I All came. Right, you're on the bases. Yeah. You get a 50, 50 call. Let's say a ball is hit the shortstop. He dives. He throws the ball from first base to first base from his knees. And it's a 50-50 call. How are you calling it? Ty goes the runner. I mean, they arrive at the same time? Ty it's goes a 50-50 call. What, what is your definition you're, of a 50-50 call? You're saying call? because he, he made it's such, the same a, time. Yeah. He made such yeah. a Cal you Ripken not play, reward, you don't want to. On a 50-50 call, you would not reward the defender if for I making that if kind I of play. If I can't make the determination of clear out, then I'm going to give it to the runner. Okay. Yeah. That's what I used to do. I miss it. But Jeff, then, the yeah. level of corruption. I'm bull- the level of corruction. <laughs> I'm calling bull- that you're, you're bringing picture. to the forefront in your umpiring days All is really disturbing. There's no saying it's a 50 50 call. He's that, or he's that goes all the way through to pros, what I just said. Every time. That if it's a good looking play, it, you give it to the guy that made the good looking okay. play rather to the They runner. hit a dribbler. To shortstop. Another Yeah. Back on the porn stuff. And the shortstop <laughs> runs up and catches it and makes a horrible throw. And the first baseman bobbles it, juggles it, and drops it. Well, not even drop it, because then he would be safe. <laughs> safe. You're missing my point. Uh-huh. Good umpires on 50-50 calls call the pros. They will always reward effort on a 50 and it's got to be 50 50 i'm not talking about 52 48 50 50 they're going to reward effort if that batter is hustling down the line and he goes down and slides head first at first base and it's a 50 50 call every time the run will be safe hermie I want, I want your brother elliot to tell me uh who we can gather up and file a class action lawsuit because there are a bunch of kids that did not get scholarships <laughs> in right. baseball because of this jack 50 <laughs> 50 i'm just telling you I mean, okay. if you right. if you can't make the call, you call it safe. I mean, if it's fifty fifty, tie goes the runner. I mean, it's there's no tie. And well, if you sell it, it's not a that is a fifty. What's the fifty tie? That is a fifty two forty eight. If, 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 if not, we're fifty fifty is a tie. If yeah. you sell it, there is they don't even come out nice. Jonathan Cash, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious, by the way. I think we've got more to talk about. I never about. saw your call. Huh? I never saw your strike through. Did you he wants to see how you uh, ring somebody up? You. <laughs> oh, I believe that. Uh, like a big one? I said ring them up. You're ringing so, it off. So, all right, I'll do it. So, like something sliding into home base, home plate, right? Home I base. Mean, let's say home base. Yeah. Home base. <laughs> He's real experienced. <laughs> Are you wearing your mask? No. Or is it off? You got it off. Right, which hand is it in? Left. Why is it in your left hand? Because you make the calls with the right. I'm just checking you. See? He's right. So I'd punch him out. Like, go! Like that. Uh-huh. I'd lean down and punch down out. Like, okay. Oh, not, not pulling the... <laughs> <laughs> not pulling not, the not crank, not, 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 Let me ask not cranking the leaf blower. Stand up. <laughs> stay up there. <laughs> stay up. If it's a slide play. If it's a slide play. Yeah. Then call it. Safe right. Uh, 50-50? Yeah. (laughs) If it's a slide play, are you going to ask the defender to show you the ball first? Well, you should be able to see it. If not, you ask him to play. So how many times have you called out and the dust settled and the ball was on the ground? 
or laying at the backstop because the catcher missed it and you called it too quick. Never not like you, but there Bull have been times where the ball was dropped or they did not have control and you might have punched him out and then changed your change your mind. So you called it too quick. Yeah. Yes. 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 Thank Lord you. Umpire. Yes. You <laughs> called have it you never too done quick. That? <laughs> yes, and you learn from it. So now on a slide play, now the coaches know if I say show me the ball, they know the out, I mean the call is going to be an out. 50-50. They know. But see, but see, in umpiring what I learned and especially in school and then and being taught by Frank Rizzo, who was the director of umpiring for for the United States, you know, Little League. Yeah. Um, and, and got to umpire with him. Uh, what he always said was, make sure your call is fast because your instinct is usually right. You can change that, but if you give yourself enough time, you're going to second guess. And That's and, why I and said only on a slide play. If he's safe, if you're going to call him safe, you immediately call it safe because it doesn't matter if they have the ball or not, right? Uh -huh. Okay, but if you're going to call an out on a slide play, you should always say, show me the ball. And then that way you don't look like an idiot because the ball is rolling across the field. If, if anybody has it. a celebrity softball game and they want me and Shep to freaking be the clown umps. That would be awesome. That would be great. Let's see if we can do that. Just touch it. Just touch it, Shep Mouth. Just Shep tickle mouth. it a little bit. The weed eater. Crank. You have to really sell it from the scissor. When you really have to sell it. Yeah. I mean, when you do the weed eater from the scissor stance, that's when they know you're serious. Man, that's some that is some lessons. When you're trying to sell right one. Mm-hmm. Trying to sell it. <laughs> Selling is important. <laughs> Shep, you've made 2023 special. You've made Christmas or Shepmas special. And this is a good way to end the year, at least before we get back into next year. But hey. Spoiler alert, we're coming back next week on top of this one. Before the end of the year, we're going to do an end of the oh, year wow. special. An end of the year special. Yes. On top of these. Yes. I'm it be coming fun? back to Richmond next week. We, we're going to we do this next week. probably won't be able to pull this off, but wouldn't it be fun to get us three and all the wives on a show? That would be great. Now, that would be funny. If we could figure it out, if we could figure it out, I'd have to move some assets from our joint account to our separate account. But maybe I think Shep I could and do it I could that. load the wives up into the car and come see y'all, yeah, and maybe maybe do that. Oh, that would be great. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I'm in. You're willing? I may have some available time next week. <laughs> You're the one that suddenly has a lot of time. But what a great uh, episode, and what a great look back. And Shep, you make us laugh. And and we just seem to all just gel together and act like we've never missed a day when we get back together. And that's what makes this podcast. Except for when you one. hit the record button and you're all ugly to me. Look, look, I almost look. burned down the hotel today. Look. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, I want to say one thing uh, before we uh, wrap this one up. Shep mentioned it on the show last week, but I had a good friend of mine, uh, fellow UNC Tar Heel that passed oh, away. Yeah. Uh, now a couple weeks ago, but his name was Eric Montross, and he played Wasn't center the, for the, the University mongoose? of North Carolina. What was his nickname? Montross. Yeah, but his his nickname was like the Mongoose. Big Grits. The Big Grits. Okay. Um, you weren't even close, Bill. Yeah, they call him like Mongoose. Big Grits. But seven foot guy uh, from Indiana came and played, won a national championship at UNC in 1993. Um, he was uh, two years behind me, so the, I was in school with him a couple years. And we've been friends a long, long time. He used to come up and hunt, love to hunt, come up and hunt some really? around with us and around South South Virginia uh, and other places. And so since he retired from the NBA for the last 18 years, uh, 
He's been the color commentator voice of UNC basketball. And in addition to that, he was he worked for the Rams Club, which is the fundraising arm of the university's athletic department. So he was like major gift director, they called it, for uh, UNC. And he was just universally loved by not only UNC people, but basketball fans uh, across the globe. And I played golf with him about a year ago and found out shortly after that that he had been diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And I talked to him, talking about what a selfless person, I talked to him about three weeks ago, and I knew he was sick, but I didn't certainly didn't know how sick he was. And, of course, he was talking about love NASCAR racing, of course, talked about hunting. He always asked about Cora, um, and I you know, told him about the grandbaby and all that because he sat courtside for those four years when Cora Watched was her cheering. cheering yeah. and so he always had a kind thing kind thing to say about Cora and all that. But surprisingly, and even those that I've talked to since his passing, say up to a couple of weeks ago, he was still active and in the, you know, uh, working out and things of that nature. Uh, but he passed away. And so uh, just want to send my condolences and sincere condolences to Eric's family. He's got two kids. His daughter on the Sunday that he passed, graduated from the University of North Carolina. Wow. Uh, same day. And then he's got a son that just a couple of weeks ago got engaged. So, you know, as sad as the whole thing is for Eric, you know, he's got kids and things that are, you know, graduating college. A lot of milestones. Getting engaged, getting married, and a lot of things that he's going to miss. But I tell you, I, I, one thing I can say I've been blessed with on this crazy life that I've lived is I have – a lot of really good friends and met a lot of really cool, cool people. And when it comes to uh, being those kind of people, I put Eric Montross at the top of the list. And so uh, my condolences to his family and just wanted to say that as we ended this show and going to, into the new year and all that, that uh, we'll be, we'll continue to be thinking about uh, Eric's family and friends and, and I'm going to miss seeing him when I go to Chapel Hill. That's for sure. Heartbreaking and very shocking. Uh, event nobody yeah. knew he's that sick did not so he's 53 52 52, 52. wow born september 23rd 1971 in indianapolis indiana died sep- december 17th of this year age 52 went to lawrence north high school in indianapolis indiana college 90 to 94 yep. four years at north carolina first round pick ninth overall pick by the boston celtics played from 94 to 2002 as a position of the center Mm-hmm. What everybody remembers is he was the double zero. Not a yeah, number his, that was one of his most famous games. I don't remember the year, but he got a busted eye yes. playing Duke one year, and he played like the whole second half. There's video of him shooting free throws and stuff with his, you know, with his basically his eye socket busted. Um, but tough, tough player. But I tell you, just a gentle, gentle giant. And I got to spend some quality time with him personally, and you know, it's uh, it's a really a a shame, but I talked to some people, as I said, since he passed, I even talked to Eric Hoots, who is kind of the, in charge of Carolina basketball uh, these days, you know, as far as the logistics and the business side of it. And he said, they are all just shocked at how quickly uh, things turn and he passed. So Cancer sucks. Yeah. And he won't be replaced very easily. No, 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 no. Played for the Boston Celtics. He's been Mavericks, New Jersey Nets, 76ers, Pistons, Raptors. 
NBA All Rookie Second Team ninety five, NCAA Champion ninety three. Yep. A two time consensus Second Team All American ninety three and ninety four. First Team All ACC ninety three, Second Team All ACC ninety four. First Team Academic All American ninety three ninety four. Double zero, honored by the North Carolina Tar Heels and retired. And he was doing games First this team year. Parade All American when he was in high school, nineteen ninety. Yeah. McDonald's All American, nineteen ninety. Two thousand seventy one career points in the NBA. Two thousand one hundred fifty nine rebounds per game. Uh, average of five per game. Um, just an amazing and but career. but more recently. At North Carolina, I mean, he was the voice of the Tar Heels for the last 18 years. So that was uh, a job that he loved, uh, being back in Chapel Hill. So you hate to see that. And I'm sorry for your loss, too. Yeah. And I think all of Tar Heel Nation is sorry. He was a quiet giant. Great guy. And he was an amazing Great human guy. being. Never had the chance to, to know him, but had a lot of opportunity to watch him and see him. Uh, he will be missed. And the Lord gathers the best and takes right. them with him and and wraps his arms around them, Eric Montross will be missed. He is Big one Grits. Of Tar. That lives, <laughs> lives, and walks with angels now. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's remember as we go into the end of this year and celebrate the Lord's birth, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there are so many good people in the world, so many good souls that we say goodbye to and we remember as we end 2023 and and go into 2024. Ladies and gentlemen, bless you all. Grab your kids, hold them tight. Thank your mama, thank your daddy for bringing you here, and don't forget your purpose in life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm thinking about Eric Montrose, and I'm leaning right. I'm Hermie Sadler, turning left. Rest in peace, Eric. We appreciate everything, and uh, enjoy you guys too. Great way to Love you, wrap up another show. Absolutely. Shep Moss. Thanks for having me. And, jingle, uh, jingle. We'll be back next week with another episode of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, as always, powered by Pacematic. God bless you all. Conrad Thompson with SaveWithConrad.com. You've heard me bragging on the podcast for years about helping people save money on their current house, but did you know that I can help you with your next house as well? That's right. We can get you into your next house with zero down. No money down loan programs are still available, and I know it sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you. And by the way, home ownership is more affordable than you might think. We routinely turn renters into homeowners and we hear back that their new house payment is more affordable than what they were paying in rent. Why would you keep doing that? Stop throwing your money away, paying for someone else's mortgage, and start building wealth for your family. And let my family help at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit to do this. We can improve credit scores down to the 500s, and it's worth mentioning, we never say no. We say not yet, but here's how. You need a game plan to buy a house, and that's where we come in at SaveWithConrad.com. We'll ask you, what down payment do you want to make? And zero is an acceptable answer. And what monthly payment do you want? And then it's time to go shopping. Find out how easy it is and how affordable it is to become a homeowner at SaveWithConrad.com.